It's time for Coffee and KOs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Coffee and KOs. Doing a little bit different show here. I'm actually in my own house, so a little bit different. But uh, Steve, welcome. Good to be back here. I'm, uh, I'm liking how we, we just do like a two-day gap to actually talk about the event. So it's still a little bit fresh in your mind. And, uh, you know, we're gearing up for the holidays here. This is actually probably going to be our last recording. I know we'll have a few more shows put out for the rest of the year, but uh, 2020 is, is pretty much in the books. Yeah, and what be- better way to end 2020 than with some good news, right? Absolutely. Big news for the people. So we are um, we have been fortunate enough to link up with fight bananas and we are now going to be under the fight bananas label um so you will be seeing us on their channels we are going to be doing all of fight bananas recap shows so after the events late at night you'll be able to catch us right after the show on uh, i believe youtube and uh if you don't stay up for it you'll actually be able to catch our show on their channel as well so really big news really excited for us you know, we start this in July, really didn't know what was going to come of come of it. And, you know, Dave Van Auken has been great to us coming on our show, um, giving us advice, kind of encouraging us to stick with it. And, uh, you know, we ended up talking and it worked out. So fingers crossed, all goes well. And guys, make sure you check out Fight Bananas. This is big for us and we're super, super excited. Yeah, and it's definitely... Um you know, obviously, shout out to Dave Van Elkin, who's been on the show before. You've seen him. Uh, Fight Bananas has a really good following. And we just kind of started talking a little bit. And it's good that we're actually going to be keeping the name Coffee and KOs. So you can still find us as Coffee and KOs. We'll just be operating basically like under their umbrella. So, you know, you can find us on both channels, which will be really nice. And we're, you know, it's definitely a step up for us in the right direction. So we're really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, nothing changes here on on our end. Everything will stay the same. We're going to stay keeping doing what we're doing. Um, We're just going to be recording a little bit later or earlier in the morning, however you look at it. And uh, basically for them, just strictly the recap shows, but you'll still get our previews and small little clips as well. So um, nothing changes on our end. Super, super excited. And uh, thank you to them for, for, you know, bringing us on board. So we can't wait. It's going to be... it's going to be awesome. Yeah, totally. So we'll, I think the first uh, fight of the year is going to be the Holloway Cater card, which is an awesome one, and that's followed directly by uh, UFC 257, which is McGregor and Poirier. So right off the bat in 2021, you'll see us, and we'll have some awesome fights ahead. Yeah, we'll be off to a hot start. So, But let's not dwell too much. We had ourselves what looked to be a stacked card um in this ufc fight night on paper a stacked card but i don't know how you felt i felt like it kind of underperformed in some ways i mean don't get me wrong i was very very excited for rob font our friend but uh overall i felt like the card the names on it were great the fights could have been a little bit better 
Um, but overall, I felt like it was a little underwhelming in my opinion. Yeah, I would say, you know, UFC 256 definitely kind of ruined or spoiled it for a lot of us because that just was a 10 out of 10 card. And then, like you said, like on paper, this should have been, you know, just as good potential to be even better. Um, but a lot of those main events kind of went decision. They were very one-sided. Uh, we had a few finishes, but nothing like too crazy. So, you know, overall, it was a it was a fun card. You know, all of those guys are, are super big names, so you obviously like to see them in there. And um, everything in here had big implications in the rankings. So I know we'll probably get into that a little bit later. And I know you were probably super happy to see your guy, uh, Greg Hardy, get finished. Because he honestly, he was looking really good, too. Early on, I was like, let's go. Round one looks pretty nice. And then uh, Marcin Tybor, as soon as he got the, the takedowns, it was game over. And, and Greg Hardy was gassed. Yeah, I was I was impressed with a couple guys. Just looking at the undercard here, Jimmy Brick Flick, he looked very, very good. He struggled on the feet, but then throwing up a triangle choke, that was pretty incredible. Um, and Chukwi, Tafan and Chukwi, he, you know, only five MMA fights now, but his cardio was very good. His striking was very good against Jamie Pickett. Um, I was unimpressed by Jamie Pickett, honestly. I think I think he could have fought a much better fight. Um, Duran Wynn, that was insane. I don't know if you caught that at all, but super crazy. I think, honestly, and this this might sound a little harsh, I think both those guys deserve to get cut. I think Duran Wynn being 5'6 and wanting to fight at catch weight 195, like, that can't happen. There's guys 5'6 fighting at 135. And Arroyo to lose that fight because he couldn't stuff a takedown against a guy that's almost a whole foot shorter than him. That was ridiculous. I was, That was probably my, my snoozer of the night. Um, Anthony Pettis looked very good against Alex Morano. Almost had another highlight knockout in the spinning wheel kick. That was nasty. Um, so it was nice to see him win. That was his last fight on his UFC contract with the cuts going on and kind of with how up and down he has been. Do you think we see Anthony Pettis in the UFC octagon again, or do we see him jump ship and his brother is in Bellator currently? No, I, I think, I think he'll stick around. Um, you know, I, he's obviously still, he's not showtime anymore. Like he, he did have that flash right there and he landed that like wild roundhouse kick, which was like classic uh, showtime. But I think he still has enough in the tank to, to stick around and, and compete with some of these guys. I know he called out Tony Ferguson looking for that rematch. Um, I don't think Ferguson's really going to kind of drop that far down to Showtime, who's, I don't even know if he's really, is he still ranked at this point? He might be like fringe top 15 guy. Yeah, he was, he was like 14, I think. Yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's always, you know, we, we talk about this all the time when these fighters start to get older. Um, I, I don't think he's like on that trajectory like Junior Dos Santos or, you know, Yoel Romero just got cut, like those older fighters who really don't have anything left. Like, I think he still has plenty left to give. Um, so I think it'd be stupid for the UFC to let him go. And, you know, from his perspective, you want to stick around in the UFC unless he doesn't really think he has anything left in the tank. Maybe he wants to move to Bellator and kind of just dominate over there. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting with the cuts going on. I don't know what the interest is from, you know, Dana White and all that. So it'll definitely be interesting. Um, so we we move on to the main card here. And, uh, yeah, my night – so I was a little upset because my night almost won me tons of money had it not been for 
um, you know, Chito Vera looking the way that he did. But um, so Marcin Tabora, that was kind of my dark horse of the night. I think a lot of people thought that he was going, and I had I had actually text you about placing a bet with him in it. And uh, I think a lot of people were counting him out. And I think throughout all of Greg Hardy's run, people have been giving him too much credit. You know, he's he fought one guy who's a legit heavyweight in Alexander Volkov, and he got owned. And Marcin Tabora is not even ranked. And he, I will say that Greg Hardy did look much better. You know, round one, I, I was very, very impressed with the striking and and how calm he was. Like, he didn't. He didn't overexert himself, but what I was underwhelmed by is the fact that he didn't overexert himself and he was gassed after round one because round two comes and he looked terrible. And the, the, the story is out on Greg Hardy. The, 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 the formula to beat him is out there. If you can get past round one or take him down, he's never going to get off his back ever. He's never going to be able to do it. And he's never going to be able to go more than a round and a half. The guy has no gas tank. And uh, I think parts of it is his asthma. asthma. I really do think that's a big problem for him. But uh, yeah, Marcin Tabora ate the shots. Uh, had that fight gone 15 more seconds in the first round, I don't know if Marcin Tabora survives. Uh, but Greg Hardy ended round one with a stamp and uh, came out round two and... I was scared for Marcin, but he uh, he he returned strong in round two, got the takedown, and that was it. I mean, Greg Hardy had no answer, and he looked like he was about to pass out after you know the fight was stopped. And it was bittersweet for it was great for me because I, you know Greg Hardy prior to this fight's calling out Tyson Fury and and Anthony Joshua, and it's like you haven't even made your mark in UFC in the UFC yet, where you go three five minute rounds. How are you going to go twelve? two three minute rounds like it's just not going to happen against those guys like those guys would kill you i will say that his striking has gotten better it looked good against a guy who's got a ton of fights 27 mma fights in marcin tabora but it obviously wasn't good enough and uh marcin tabora what a great 2020 for him he's got four in a row now tabora's got four in a row but hardy on the other hand you know he's I think he's dropped two of the last three now. I think it went Volkov, and then he beat Mo Green. Then he loses this fight, and he's he has definitely improved. Like it's obvious from the get-go. Like he was more of a round one knockout guy, and then he slowly just, you know, became a little bit more fundamental. His striking's really good. Like you said, he's a lot more like calm, cool, um, which is strange. Like I don't, you just can't gas after the first round. Like I know the heavyweights, that's kind of typical sometimes when you're up there in the weight, but you're not gonna like you're not gonna get into the top ten if you can't make it past the first round. And granted, I think he's looked better in the past with his cardio, so maybe something was up in this particular training camp. Um, but yeah, that was uh, once the takedowns got landed, he had no answer for that. So we've obviously seen that his ground game is pretty weak. Um, kind of another thing that's going to let him down if he keeps going into these heavyweight fights with better fighters like Stipe who can wrestle and we're seeing like Cyril Gan he can wrestle so you're, you're going to run into these younger guys who are more skilled more versatile you can't rely on that especially if you don't have the gas tank to do it so Hardy's got to you know just got to keep training he's still new to the sport you know he still has potential but 
you know, he's not necessarily a young guy either, so he's got to figure it out pretty soon. And then Tybora, I mean, he's been around for a while now, and he's put together a string of wins, so who knows? I, I don't think he's, like, you know, he's not superstar potential at this point. I don't think he's going to make, like, a legit run at the belt. But he's a solid fighter. He looks really good, should be in the top 15. Yeah, Tybora's kind of had an up-and-down UFC career. There was a moment where he looked like potential title guy and then he went lost a bunch of fights but um i thought he looked good the thing with with hardy is i feel like picking up boxing and if you're a naturally strong like i feel like picking up boxing is something that you can do the guys that wrestle have been wrestling their entire life like it's just it's just a different game when the when the fight gets to the ground and that's not something you can get better at it but Greg Hardy will never be on the level of a guy who's been wrestling their entire life. Like, it's just not going to happen. And that's why I don't think he'll ever be able to, to crack the top 15. Top, top, I, just, I just don't. I don't think he'll ever develop. I think, he, I think he's developed well for, for entering the sport and having no fighting background whatsoever. But I don't think he'll ever be anything other than what he is right now. Yeah, well, as you like look at what like Derek Lewis did, like he knocked out everyone to get to the top, and that's very rare to do that. Um, but you look at people who have contended in the past, and like you really you have to have that mixed skill set. Like DC obviously is a great wrestler. Um, Overeem we've seen is a great wrestler. Like you just have to if you're gonna be trying to outpoint everyone. I don't know. It just doesn't really seem like you got to be able to mix in the takedowns every now and then, or be able to at least stuff the takedowns or have some sort of grapple game. But he just looks literally non-existent at this point. Yeah, I 100% agree. And happy for me. I'm not a Greg Hardy guy. So, and a lot of yeah. people, a lot of people, Twitter was blowing up. A lot of people were happy that he lost that fight. So, um, then we move on. Uh, Marlon Marais, Rob Font, our guy, puts a stamp on this on this card he actually ended up winning a uh, fight of the night bonus god he looked good dude marlon marais used his wrestling for the first time which people have talked about his wrestling forever but he never really used it takes down font i was a little scared it didn't look good for rob rob gets up and once he got up dude the the disadvantage marlon had on the feet was substantial it was incredible Rob Font looked amazing, you know, and he put, in my opinion, ring rust to rest. This man hasn't fought in a while, had the torn ligaments in the knee, and he looked phenomenal. The striking was insane. Marlon had no answer for it, um, and he instantly made himself a contender. I feel like it's it's kind of a shitty time because that, that division's kind of like, you know, we're waiting for Jan and Sterling. I think Sanhagen was just booked against, was it Egger, Frankie Egger? So, oh, wow. So, I mean, it kind of sucks for Rob because I'd like to see him right back in there. But, uh, dude, I was super impressed, super excited for Rob Font. Like, absolutely awesome to see him do what he did. And he was super emotional. It was funny because Tyson Chartier was like, uh, we're all happy for, for Rob, but no one's surprised. And a lot of people were sleeping on him, but he definitely finally put, made his mark and uh, super, super happy for him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just from our perspective, he's been on the show. He was our first interview, and 
you know, when you saw he was fighting Marlon Marais, you're like, well, Marais is an absolute killer. This is a, a super tough fight. And for him to go out there and get a round one finish after the way that the fight was going where uh, Marlon had scored two out of three takedowns, he had control the whole time, um, he was looking very sharp, but then as soon as it got stood up, like, Font was just, his striking was just, like, unbelievable. Like, his accuracy was there, his power was there, he was throwing these combos and he was landing, and when he hit Marlon, like, uh, he didn't even know where he was. Like, that was, that was really bad for Marlon, honestly. And it's tough to see him, because... You know, at one point, he's the number one contender fighting for the belt against Cejudo, and now he's dropping all these fights. So he's not going to, he's no longer going to be a top five guy, even though he, in my opinion, like he, he still kind of is like a top five talent. He's just like oversized. I just was kind of confused as to how that went because, yeah, don't get me wrong, Rob Font, amazing fighter, but like I just had this picture in my head of Mariah as just being like this elite guy who can like, pretty much take on anyone and he he just got destroyed in that fight it was really bad he was very outmatched in the striking department yeah marlon marais was one of those guys that he made a quick rise like dude took off out of nowhere and then now like he is having a severe drop off and what's next for him like what what where where do we go from like he's looked so bad like and, and his wrestling looked good, but he looked scared to stand on the feet. Like, he had no answer. And that's what... He did all his damage on the feet. He won a round against Cejudo on the feet. Like, and he has just completely fallen off. He needs a guy, like, almost out of the top 10, top 15. And to destroy that person and maybe get his confidence back. I don't know what it is. But he has looked a shell of himself, really, since his loss to Cejudo. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I was surprised. I mean, I was super happy for Rob. We were pulling for Rob. Um, but what is going on with Marlon Marais? I don't know. And I, I'm looking at the whole the whole roster of the top 15 in the Bantamweight division, and it's even if he's going to get a fight outside the top 10, like, you know, Marab is, is listed as number 12 right here, and Cheeto's still, you know, he'll probably hold on to the 15 ranking, but... You know, it, it, it doesn't get that much easier, honestly, outside of Rob Font. So he, he needs to figure something out because this division is stacked. They're all killers. They're all hungry. A lot of them are younger fighters. So I don't know, man. He needs to figure it out. Maybe he can uh, maybe he can drop down a division. He's a pretty small guy. Yeah, but he doesn't look like he has any fat to cut. So I know. He is ripped. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be tough. Um, speaking of guys that are ripped, your man, Michelle Pereira, the freaking wild man uh against chaos williams i was so expecting so much more from this fight so i was a little disappointed this was like everyone's like potential fight of the night like this was going to be like mortal combat type shit like it was going to be ridiculous and it just wasn't it just wasn't like both guys knew that they were both dangerous and michelle Pereira actually didn't really do anything crazy he kind of was he was pretty calm um Tough fight to score, really tough fight to score. I, I, I kind of lean towards Pereira due to the takedowns. Round two was really close, and then he stole it with the submission attempt, and then so that to me, like, with it being so close, you do something like that to me. That that's if, if that fight goes five more seconds, maybe more, like that, that fight's it, probably yeah. over. That was the thing was like it was not even just a submission attempt, but he legitimately ha like the, that whole like motion of him like swinging around and grabbing the neck within like a second and taking him to the ground. Like 
you forget like how dangerous he actually is with his grappling. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Like if that goes on for five more seconds, he's gonna tap out or lose consciousness. Like he had him. Yeah, and and then round three was very close too, but when nothing's happening on the feet, you almost have to look at the takedowns. And nothing was happening on the feet. Chaos had some good exchanges. He landed some big punches, which I don't want to take anything away from Chaos. I think he showed that he belongs there. I think both of these guys have potential to fight each other again. I think that they both have, I mean, they're both young. I think that they both have super potential to to kind of rise. But uh, I do think after watching the fight, kind of uh, digesting it a little bit and just looking at what happened, Chaos did have the strike advantage, but when the fight seems very stale and not moving much, you look at the things like the takedowns and they steal around, and then you look at the things like a submission attempt that steals around. And Chaos really didn't do anything to steal the round. It was, I know he had the striking advantage technically based on statistics, but you don't really see that because the the judges don't see that. And from from just watching the fight, the fight looked very even on the feet. I think Chaos might have had the better shots, but it still looked even. And then when Pareda do, does something like a takedown or the submission attempt, I think that kind of steals it away. So I, I, I would have been okay with any decision. I would have been okay with it going to Chaos. I would have been okay with it going to Pareda. But at the end of the day, I just think Pareda did a little bit more. Yeah, it was really hard to score. I, I remember like when it went to the judges, like my gut was saying like Chaos's hand was going to get raised. But I was just very hopeful that Pereira was going to get it. And I think he might be my favorite UFC fighter right now. Like I really think that guy is just like electric. Like he is the, the full package. Like the dude can strike. He's very creative. He moves around and he's very difficult to, to gauge where he's coming from. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, he shoots in, grabs the neck, gets the the submission attempt like he can do it all and he just i know he doesn't speak english he has the translator but like you know if he could if he could talk he would be great on the mic um and i think he just called out anthony pettis afterwards too but man i don't know it it was a super tough one to to pick i I actually bet the over one and a half rounds just based on kind of like you said we both knew that they were very dangerous so yeah they could both go in for the kill shot like early on or they could play a little more defensive, which is kind of what I went with. Um, so I was happy to, to hit on that. And I also bet on Pereira to win that. He, he got the decision win. Um, it was interesting to, to see it go as a unanimous decision. I thought it would have at least have gone to a split decision, um, just because it was so back and forth in round one and two. But um, I'm happy for Michelle Pereira to get the win. Chaos Williams, I mean, he's still super young in the UFC. Um, if he had if he had won that fight, you know he was going to really move in, in a big way. Um, but he, you know he's absolutely fine where he is. He did not look bad in that fight by any means. His striking is on point. The dude hits with a ton of bricks, no doubt. He has good accuracy. So um, you know, his, obviously there was no takedowns or anything. His ground game didn't really look that good, but he can work on all those things. He's a young guy. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think both guys have a lot of potential. Um, then we moved to the co-main and I also was disappointed by this fight. Uh, not in just the result. Obviously I had a parlay Tybora, Thompson, Cheeto, and I put a lot of, put a lot of stock into Cheeto and he looked terrible. Honestly, he looked awful. 
he was surprised by the loss, which still makes no sense to me. Um, he didn't look good. I think I didn't think Aldo looked magnificent either, but Aldo just did more to win the fight. I think that it was boring. I don't think the fight was good. Um, I still, it was nice to see Aldo get a win, but I still I th still think Aldo is far removed from who he was. Um, and that's a huge step back for Cheeto. I mean, Cheeto's kind of been riding the hot streak. Aldo's been the guy that's kind of been hit and miss. I should have known Aldo was going to win this fight. If Every time Aldo's been matched up with someone that's not a top guy, such as like Jeremy Stevens, like someone who's a good fighter but not championship caliber, he's beat them handedly. And, uh, you know, I think that this is a big loss for Cheeto because I do think it's going to be hard in that division for him to, to kind of climb up. And a lot of people are calling for a Sean O'Malley-Cheeto rematch after this. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, trust me, I would love to watch that fight again. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Aldo just straight up looked like the better fighter. Uh, you know, Vera was attempting to strike, and he wasn't very effective in that. Uh, he tried to go for a bunch of takedowns, and Aldo just stuffed him with, with pretty much with ease. Um, but I, I was impressed with Aldo. Like, I wasn't really sure where he was at. Um, but this definitely gives you a good gauge that he's really still in that conversation. I know he's he's had a couple of big losses to, like, the top three guys, top five guys. But, you know, Cheeto Vera is still a dangerous fighter. He's still top 15. Um, so that means Aldo is still, in my opinion, like, still a top 10 guy. Um, and I, I was actually impressed with the way he looked. I thought he did a good job striking. Um, he was throwing his, his classic leg kicks, which he just has so much power behind those. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Cheeto just didn't really have it that night. Aldo just bested him every way it went. And, um, yeah, it's a tough one for Cheeto to drop. It's a good win for Aldo. I, like, again, it's like I don't know where he kind of goes from there. Like, he's really not going to fight, like, a top five guy again. Um, but for Cheeto, he, he needs another bounce back because he was a fringe 15 guy. And uh, that's gonna, that was kind of his chance to try, try to break into the top 10. So he needs to get a rebound, whether it be Sean O'Malley or whoever they give him here. Dude, they need to do Cheeto versus our man Andre Yule. Do it again. Run it back. Yeah. Andre Yule, where's he at? He's got to be ready <laughs> for a fight soon. Yeah, I agree. Run it back with him. about him. <laughs> He's a good <laughs> fighter, too. I kind of forgot. Um, he is an interesting man. He definitely one of the better He's interviews funny. we've had. Yeah. Uh, so then, then we moved to the main event, and boy, I told everyone, I told everyone this was my lock of the week if I had one. I knew this is how the, this fight was going. Um, Jeff Neal and Vicente Luque are too similar. They are too similar. Jeff Neal might be a little bit better of a striker, but they're damn close. And... Wonder Boy just has a way of keeping big-time hitters, guys that one-punch knockout power, he eats those guys alive. He has, he can keep the fight. Even They could have the same reach. It does not matter. With his karate style, he's one of the only people I've ever seen do it, to be able to keep the fight at a distance. His movement is incredible. For 38 years old, that man moves smooth as hell. He... He's able to use the side kicks to the body as a way to keep the fight at distance. Jeff Neal pushed the pace that entire fight, and he was whiffing so often. Um, first off, hats off to both guys. They both were super fresh. 
I don't think Jeff Neal looked bad at all. That I, I think that just Wonderboy just looked better. I don't think Neal has anything to hang his hat on. I think that he's going to stick around for a while. But Wonderboy is still there, man. He's still a guy that can go in and out, move very fluid, and just... You know, he, 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 he's in for two seconds, hits you with three or four shots. Before you know it, he's gone, and he's on, he's on his horse. And uh, I, I knew this is how the fight was going to go because he just, unless you're a wrestler that can, that can take away his movement, which is what Tyron Woodley basically tried to do, you're not beating him. He's, he's just too quick. And he, in my opinion, he beat Woodley in at least one of those fights. Um He's he's just too good of a striker, probably one of the better strikers, in, in, he probably the most unique striker in the UFC, um, just with the way that he he moves and can get in and out of the pocket and just I was super impressed by him. You can't hate Wonder Boy at all, and he uh, calls out Masvidal, BMF versus the NMF. <laughs> BMF versus the NMF, which I'm assuming was the nicest. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, this it's so incredible. It's exactly like when you're watching Khabib fight and you know exactly what's going to happen, but like for some reason, you know, Gaethje comes in and you try to like draw it up in your head. You're like, yeah, I think, but maybe Gaethje can do it. And that happened with Stephen Thompson like all the time and with these younger fighters who are coming in with these knockout power, like I was telling myself, Jeff Neal is going to be the guy to get it, break through the defense, land a few big punches, and knock him out. Um, but it was just classic Wonder Boy, again, over and over, every single round. Like his output did not stop, and like he was throwing those classic sidekicks to keep Neal away, and Neal was covering up, and he would swing, and then he, you know, by the time he he swung, Wonder Boy's already over here throwing his next combination. He ended up landing like 170 strikes or something. It was absolutely unbelievable. He put on a clinic. He won every single round without question. Um, I will say Jeff Neal hung in there. Very tough. He ate a ton of damage, just kept coming. And it was even in the later rounds, I think it was in round five probably towards the end, where he was actually landing some pretty wild shots. And I was like, there was a small chance where I was like, you know, Wonderboy could get knocked out if he keeps getting hit. His um, leg, Wonder Boy's leg, was messed up. His that was movement, the other thing yeah. too. His leg did get injured in that final round. Um, so going into that, you know, he was basically on one foot. So I guess Neil was landing because of that reason. But you know, still, that there was potential that that fight was going to end. But other than that, it, it was all Wonder Boy, and this dude is absolutely legit. Like he is still top five. He can still make a run at the title. He is dangerous for anyone. One of the best strikers in the UFC. Absolutely. Um, and I love the call-out. I love the George Masvidal call-out. I think that makes sense. They're both highly ranked. Uh, that'll be an, uh, just a stand-up striking fest. And, you know, I love Masvidal. I love Wonderboy. That would be a great fight. Um, so we'll see if, if uh, Masvidal takes the bait on it. It would be Wonderboy-Masvidal too. Wonderboy actually beat Masvidal the first time around. Did he? Yeah. How long ago was that? Uh, a few years back. Masvidal didn't have long hair then or a beard. Okay, that was before the resurrection. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got um, a million I, fights, but I did actually. I took a, I threw five dollars on Thompson to win by decision, and it was like plus three fifty. Really? Which in hindsight, was like the easiest how, bet I might have ever. How made. did I not? How did I not bet that? 
that's the odds makers had it so wrong you know like first off him being the underdog in general was incorrect but you know neil's a tough guy i think people thought maybe the cardio was a concern but uh, a wonder boy decision win yes Dude, the other, the only other biggest mismatch I've ever seen was uh, Luke Rockhold versus Jan Blahovich, and it was like plus like eight hundred that that Rockhold gets loses by knockout. Like, yeah, uh, hindsight, you're like, I could be rich right now. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when I saw it, I'm like, bro, this guy, this guy gets hit by a freaking marshmallow and he gets knocked out. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, that, I thought that was pretty interesting that they gave Thompson as the underdog, but I, I don't know if you'll ever see him as an underdog again. Maybe if he gets the, a title shot. Yeah, no, I love Wonder Boy. I think that it's huge for him. I think that, you know, this is kind of his last run. I think that he could fight for a while, but this is his last, you know, run at the belt. He loses again. He's probably never going to get a title shot again. So, um, I'm excited for him. Like I said, nicest guy. You know, he freaking asked... He asked Jeff Neal if he was okay, okay? in the After middle of the fight. Him up like ten times. <laughs> like that's the most disrespectful, respectful thing ever. <laughs> well, it really was like for the first like three rounds, it was going so south for Neal, where like I actually felt bad, but like he did really like bounce back in the later rounds, which I was like super shocked about. Um, but yeah, the dude is, he's like too nice. Like the, that the, the, has to hurt you at some point. The thing that bothered me the most it bothers me the most about Thompson is like he dapped up Neil like a hundred times like if there was a prop bet for over under freaking 25 dap ups I think it would have hit the over like he it was like every single like he would he would hit him with like five combos and he'd be like dap him up like you okay dude at one point it looked like he had Neil hurt and like he didn't go after it like he waited till Neil recovered and like dapped him up like his niceness is going to hurt him because Kamaru Usman or Cole or whoever is not going to ask him if he's okay. <laughs> no, God, no. Uh, George Masvidal, you, you're not going to dap him up because he's going to knock you out. So you got to get a little tougher, Stephen Thompson, if you want to fight these next top five guys. They do but, say you get softer with age. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And in general, he's just, he's just so nice. Like, it's insane. Like, all of his interviews, he's just the nicest guy around. So, but it's just a, an amazing performance. We should all just not be surprised, though. Yeah, I, I try to tell people. I feel like that's if if he's an underdog, I'm taking him every time, I'm taking him every time because he's just he he's never he that's the one guy he never had to change his style. He's never changed. He's been the same guy forever because his style is just a mismatch for anyone. There is no one in the UFC that has a karate style like him. Like he is a traditional karate fighter. The only thing that I saw throughout that fight that that made me kind of scratch my head was the uppercut was there the whole fight. Like Neil kept putting his head down and to to kind of yeah. block the punches. I think if Wonderboy throws 3 4 uppercuts to land, like I think that he causes serious damage to Neil. Um and we're yeah. also we're also very lucky that that fight did not get stopped early because they had a clash of heads yeah, head which caused two pretty nasty cuts. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. I, I was kind of rattled. Like I, I remember just like in a split second, I just saw a cut open up on, um, on Wonder Boy, and I didn't really see what had happened. And they replayed it, and it was it was pretty bad. And uh, you know, it's close to the eye, so that was going to be a concern. Um, but 
you know, he his face did get pretty banged up towards the end, but like for right for like the first three rounds, he looked okay. Um, but yeah, I think you were right. Like when Neil was getting hit, like he was covering up with both hands to the point where I don't think he was actually looking in front of him. So I think if uh, if Wonder Boy had wanted to go in for like those uppercuts, like you're saying, he definitely would have landed. So, um, you know, it would have been nice to see him get the finish. That's obviously better to, than going to the judges. We all know that. Um, but he still, you know, it was a unanimous decision regardless. Yeah, he left no no question whatsoever. Um, do we have any news for this week? Honestly, there was really not much. There's just like a couple of fights that have been booked or get, are getting rebooked, like the Nunez. Uh, Megan Anderson fight um, there was a few other ones that weren't like super huge fights but it looks like 2021 is slowly getting booked up for like the first few months so uh, we should have our hands full so that's going to do it for 2020 what was the final what was the final of the scores did you tally those up I don't I don't have it actually oh. um, I have, I'll have to tease it in like a in a Twitter or Instagram post but I actually don't have it up right now Darn. it must be close though I think I don't a few remember. of those back and forth for us, but I'll, I'll double check and I'll make sure that the people know. All right. Well, listen, everyone. It's been a hell of a ride. 2020 has been, has had its up and downs, uh, you know. But for t- coffee and KOs, it's been all ups. We've been, I can't say enough uh, for everyone that's you know followed us on social media and listened to the show. We really, really appreciate you all. Um, don't forget, we are going to be on Fight Bananas. So uh, starting the first card in 2021, that night we will be live on the Fight Bananas YouTube page. So if you want to hang out with us till 2, 3 in the morning, be our guest. If not, it'll also be uploaded via a podcast. Um, hope everyone has a great holiday. Um, I'm not going to say Christmas because not everyone celebrates Christmas or so have a great holiday have a great new year 2021 is looking great for coffee and ko's and uh yeah it's been it's been awesome steve yeah thanks for everyone this has been a insane 2020 Uh, this podcast was founded in 2020 i definitely did not think uh, i would be here at this moment and especially saying that we're going on to even like the next level with fight bananas um so thanks for everyone who's been following us uh, it's been a hell of a ride. It's going to be an even better ride in 2021. Um, happy holidays, but stay safe. And um, I guess the next time we talk to you will be in uh, 2021. So until then. All right, everyone. You can follow us on Coffee and KOs 1. That is on Twitter and on Instagram. You can check us out on YouTube, Coffee and KOs. Also, make sure you go check out Fight Bananas. They, uh, they're, they're also everywhere, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you guys subscribe, give us a thumbs up, five-star rating, follow, anything you want, comment. We appreciate all the love, and uh, we'll see you guys again in 2021.